Good evening, the BAC community. Uh, thank you as always for being involved and staying engaged. Uh, tonight on the BAC community, we have uh, a, a man who is known in the Albany and the Capital District area for his uh, uh, financial uh, literacy, uh, which is why I wanted to get him on tonight. So the BAC community, we have my brother, Mr. Eldon Harris. Yo, Eldon, I thank you for affording me your time tonight, bro. And I really Absolutely. look forward to having to your story. Absolutely, man. I appreciate appreciate you having me, bro. Um, you know, we go way back. So, um, you know, I'd love to see how these things come full circle, man. So I appreciate being here tonight. Oh, bet, bet. Uh, well, listen, man, I know who you are. I know a lot of people who are going to watch this already know who you are. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people in the Capital District area who don't mm -hmm. know who you are. So here's the opportunity to tell the back community more about you. Here's my first question. Eldon or Mr. Harris, what kind of work do you do? Uh, and okay. are there any uh, passion projects are you working on? Here's the here's your opportunity to tell the back community more about you. Yep. Well, I first say, you know, I'm, I'm just a, a boy from Brooklyn by way of Guyana, South America. So I have Caribbean roots in my background. Um, grew up in Albany. Um, so obviously that's how we kind of connected. I'm a father, a son, man of God, most importantly. You know, I think um, all those things, you know, kind of make me, you know, ultimately who, who I am today. You know, um, as a profession, I'm a private wealth advisor. I work with Merrill Lynch, you know, basically helping families, businesses, corporations manage their wealth. You know, whether it's for now, it's for retirement, or it's for to leave in a legacy to their children or their heirs in um any in um various different ways I should say so um that's what I do as a profession um truly I think you know my passion project is really what I do for work you know so that involves a lot of financial literacy you know so I do have a partner on um, that I work with um and you know we do a ton of things in the community talking to children talking to different organizations groups sororities fraternities around financial literacy, right? So sometimes it could be just basic as budgeting. Sometimes it could go very in depth as advanced investment strategies and how do we position things um, for the future as well. You know, our world is changing, you know, and um, unfortunately our community tends to get left behind a lot, you know, when these changes happen and we are always kind of playing catch up, right? So we're trying to hopefully change that narrative a little bit and um, put us at the forefront of some of these changes because with changes comes investment and with investment obviously, obviously comes wealth as well. So, you know, we're trying to get as many people up to speed as we can, but then also push them forward as well so we can be on the forefront of some of these changes and ultimately take advantage um, and, and, you know, be able to leave that legacy. And, you know, I know it's becoming cliche, generational wealth, but, you know, it's, it's the truth. You know, we want to leave generational wealth. Um, you know, when we were just talking, you had mentioned to me how, you know, most times when we get left something, the next generation kind of squanders it, right? And that's really true across the board, whether it's businesses, personal family wealth, you know, but a lot, a lot of times is because, you know, we're uneducated. You know, we haven't really been given the tools to really kind of take that wealth and then turn it from maybe one generation into two or three or multiple generations after that. So, um, so truly, you know, that, that's my life's passion. And, and, you know, oftentimes like, 
you know, my job is a hard job, right? And, and it took me years to find success, right? It's just mm -hmm. one of those jobs where you really have to grind it out. But I always felt that this is just the work that God wanted me to do, right? Because I felt that, you know, I was, I can touch a community in a way um, where I could give them meaningful information, but I'm not too far removed from the community, right? Like people still feel they have access to me, right? Like, you know, I was telling someone, you know, not too long ago, I said, you know, I am just as comfortable going to work in a suit in the corporate in the boardroom and also standing on Lexington Ave talking to people that I know as well in my suit on, right? And I'm 100% comfortable in that, right? So I think being visible in that way, you know, makes a huge difference, right? Um, so, so really, you know, you can touch the people in a different way and, you know, they feel that, you know, you're accessible because I think oftentimes, you know, when we see certain people, you know, you, you may be scared to ask them a question, right? Yeah. You know, oftentimes I see people I even went to high school with, man, they're like, hey, you know, I don't want to bother you, but I had a quick question. I'm like, listen, you're not bothering me, man. I said, we go way back. I said, if anything, I'm glad that you're asking me this question, right? You know, let's have this conversation, you know? So, so yeah, man. So in a nutshell, that's who I am, right? You know, I'm, I'm truly here to change as many lives as possible. You know, I do it for clients and that's what I get paid to do, right? But I think, you know, it's even more meaningful for the people in our community to kind of help show them the way as well so they can, you know, set that financial foundation and really, you know, solidify themselves and also their children's lives in the future as well. Yep. And I think, uh, I, I think uh, uh, there's a, uh, uh, there's a, there's a, a paradigm shift. There's a, there's, there's a shift going on in regards to how we are being educated on finances generally. Mm -hmm. so, uh, right now it's a wave, you know, there's two things that's really big uh, within uh, our, our, our community. So, Therapy is now uh, mm -hmm. no longer as taboo as it used to be. And mm -hmm. then talk about uh, finan uh, finances, mm -hmm. not as much uh, taboo as it used to be. You got mm -hmm. uh, new new cultural giants like Earn Your Leisure, like one of the guys mm -hmm. from Earn Your Leisure is actually one of our financial advisors. Uh, we've mm -hmm. had him before Earn Your Leisure uh, uh, took mm -hmm. off. Like, but, um, yep. so, you know, being able to be uh, solidified um, financially is a is a huge part, but being able to talk about it and mm -hmm. uh, amongst amongst your peers, amongst the groups, it wasn't something that we that we really talked about before. But now everyone's talking about investing, talking about being able to, you know, what I mean, uh, get into real estate, uh, mm -hmm. being mm -hmm. to be entrepreneurs, and I think just having those dialogues is is what we need more of in our community because ultimately, once we turn on the light bulb, you know, people can take it from there. But for so uh, for so long, I think we've been uh, behind the eight ball, and most of us are playing defense for most of our lives instead of being on a, a offense and being able to take opportunities and a little bit of risk. And I think watching uh, Jay Z's four 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 a couple of years ago, uh, that was one of the things that they talked about in the breakout session among the men, and it was just talking about like it's kind of hard for black men to use our creative mind sometimes because a lot of times you know we're playing defense all the time we're worrying about people trying yeah. to take away from us uh, uh whether that's uh, uh institutionalized or not but mm -hmm. you know you can uh, be on the offense you can be able to take more risks and take investments and, and know what's going on out there or be an entrepreneur so we're trying to change that uh change the mindset and i can say right now from when we were in high school to now, the conversation about fi about finances or around finances has changed, and yep. I think that's 
Yep. That's a huge win for uh, for uh, the black community uh, uh, as a whole because you'll be able to have people who can handle finances a lot better than what we were prepared for most of our households. Yep, no, hundred percent, man. And um, you know, huge shout out to those guys that earn your leisure. I mean, I watch them faithfully. You know, believe it or not, even being in this industry and this business, you know, you learn so much from just the people around you. And, um, you know, I never look at it. Some people ask, well, you know, why do you need to watch that? I said, listen, I learned so much from those guys, you know, even as I've been in this business for 15 plus years, you know, Troy, Rashad and Ian, you know, every Monday, Market Mondays, you know, I pick up so many things that not only personally, but I take to my clients as well and help educate them, you know, whether it's crypto, it's real estate. And obviously their tentacles have spread so far now, right? You know, it's not just about a market conversation, but it's truly about building wealth, building businesses, you know. So I love their podcast. You know, there's a couple other ones I follow um, Come Up Series. They come on Tuesday and Thursday night as well. Mark Monroe and Joel NGC, they're talking about investing and building wealth as well. So, you know, there's a, I think, you know, during the pandemic and, and these are one of, this is one of the silver linings, I would say with the, with the pandemic, right? You know, I was able to get exposed to some of these individuals that I don't think I would have ever had the time to really, you know, get exposed to had it not been for the pandemic, right? You know, and I think, um, you know, just as an individual and my craft, you know, I was able to be challenged by other people in the industry and really become a student again, all over again, in my work, in my work, um, line of work as well. Because, you know, when you're in the office day to day, you're just servicing your clients, you're doing different things, you're going to meetings. By the time I get home, man, you know, I'm not really looking to do much other than, you know, hang out with the kids, put them to bed, chill, relax. And then, you know, you just kind of wake up and start it all over again. So, the pandemic really allowed me to get this exposure to some of these individuals working from home. And I'm, you know, extremely grateful for it. And, and it's great to see that, you know, we can go on YouTube and really learn anything that we want to learn, right? Anything that we want to learn. If you don't know about crypto, you can go on YouTube yeah. and learn crypto. You don't know about real estate, you can go on YouTube, learn about real estate, invest in everything, right? And I think you use, whether it's individuals myself, individuals from Earn Your Leisure, really just to kind of build that foundation. You know, because I think, you know, I think on one of the guys, Ian had said it too. He said, you know, I'm not here to just give you so much so you can get confused. He said, mm -hmm. ultimately, I want you to take everything I give to you and be independent with it, right? You're able to do the same thing that I'm doing, build your wealth, you know, create your own lane, you know, however you see fit, you know, to do so. So, um, so a huge respects for those guys and just all the different movements out there, um, you know, but overall, you know, we, we do have to, um, you know, look at everything, you know, with a, um, with a certain lens, because, you know, not everyone's going to give you the same type of information, the same meaningful information, you know, as well. So, but, um, but I'm glad you mentioned those guys, man, because I'm a big fan of them. That, that's why I was laughing. I was laughing when you, when you started talking, because uh, what you just said is that, you know, uh, one, you want to do your own research. You want to educate uh, yourself. You never want to get involved in something that uh, you know nothing about for the most part. So you want to educate yourself on it. But it made me think about a post that I seen uh, uh, from a, a, a person that we we went to high school with. Uh -huh. but I remember uh, he uh, he was he was pushing everybody on 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 Robinhood and doing their own investments and stuff like that. Uh -huh. it was too funny when when everything uh, everything had went bad and, and and it had tanked. 
And and uh, he just like, man, he said, man, he said, I'm sorry for everybody who, who listened to what I had said. He said, I, I shouldn't have put that out there publicly. It didn't work. So, but anywho, me and him was making a, a sidebar conversation offline and I was just telling him, mm -hmm. just like, I don't, I don't like individual uh, uh, stocks. So like mutual funds is, 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 a, is a sure win for me just overall uh, yep, because yep. of it. Um, and uh, you know, so, so, so we were just talking about that. He was like, yeah, really? He said, I, I, I'm not there quite yet. And I was just like, yo, you'll be surprised, you know, cause I didn't know either, you know, that, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the, the entry for a lot of those different things. I mean, I mean, it varies, but uh, there's yeah. some that you get in that that are a lot more cheaper too so yeah. Yeah. the more the more we're talking about this the more uh, mm -hmm. uh people are going to educate themselves and i just like the fact that people are are getting invested me and scooby talk about uh stocks mm -hmm. and trade all of the time and yeah. yeah it's different we didn't have this before yeah. so i love it yeah. yeah and it's funny that you say you and scooby because i ran into a few times and we've had several real estate conversations in the home depot mm -hmm. You know, I yeah. found out that he was a big real estate investor, you know, as I'm in there doing my thing, you know, I was trying to flip a property that I run into him, talk to him and I was like, oh, you know what I mean? So, you know, you figure out that, you know, though we haven't really chopped it up like that in years since high school, you know, <laughs> we, we, we do have a lot of similar interests as well, you know, so it's really just kind of building upon, you know, those one-off conversations, you know, and then really sharing that with the community and then it becomes, you know, more more of a movement than anything, you know, yeah. um, I, I'm really, I'm really, really bullish on just, you know, our people, our future, right? I, and I think, you know, we're just at an inflection point where we have so much in front of us, right? Um, but, you know, Ian always talks about this. Mm -hmm. Are you going to execute though? You know, gotcha. are you going to execute? You know, we, we, we have to get away from being scared, right? And, and actually do, you know, like our parents, most of our parents, their biggest investments was probably life insurance, right? They didn't really mess with the stock market. They didn't have mutual funds, you know? They either had pensions from their jobs or they had like life insurance, right? That's what they kind of knew. And obviously real estate as well. Real estate, buying a home was always the thing, but many of our parents didn't own multiple properties, you know? They didn't, you know, flip houses and different things like that, you know? So, so certainly I'm glad that conversation has expanded, um, but like we said, it's the execution that really is going to make a difference. You know, you and I can talk about investing all we want, but until we go to Robinhood, open that account, put some money in there and buy some investments, it really means nothing, you know? So, so yeah. Okay. Okay. And I, I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm actually going to uh, ask, uh, ask this one. Um, uh, mm -hmm. uh, be, being in the financial industry for as long as you have, uh, why did you choose? this as a career? Was it something you always were passionate about? I know you said it was something that God led you to. And you always felt like uh, that was your mission. But was finance is something that you were always interested in doing? I know you had a, I know you had an aspiring ball career at one. At one <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you a funny backstory, right? So, you know, I didn't um, really get serious about basketball until I started getting taller. You know what I mean? I started to see some height here. And, you know, you always loved ball as a kid, you know, but um, but my mom was always big on education, you know. So school to me was always going to be my avenue out, regardless of what happened. Right. Um, but basketball came along and I found a love for basketball. Um, so I always told myself, yo, if I if I get to six, seven, I'm going to the league, right? I'm going to the league. 
<laughs> I always said that to myself, man. And then I said, you know what? I'm six seven, but I ain't in the league though. <laughs> you know, I'm not in the league though. But I am six seven, right? So I did get one thing, right? Um, but you know, school education was always big to me. But but um, to answer the question, I always thought I was gonna be in computers some way, some form, some fashion. I was a computer science major going into school, but I realized um, probably my sophomore year my sophomore year in um, college that I didn't really like um, coding and different things like that. Like I remember that in a computer lab for a whole weekend, I couldn't figure it out. I was by myself, racking my brain, trying to see what the heck I'm doing wrong. I went to the um, professor on Monday morning. I said, hey, I gave it my, I gave it a good shot. I can't figure out how to make this code work. And she's like, oh, you were missing a couple of columns um, or commas in a few different lines of the code. That's why it didn't work. And I said, so wait a minute, I said two or three commas didn't cause this not to work? She's like, yeah. And that's when I said, you know what? I don't think this is for me. And um, <laughs> yeah, man. And then I took an accounting class and then I said, you know what? I think I like numbers. I do like numbers. I was pretty good at math. I like numbers. And then it was a corporate finance class that I took that I started learning about stocks and investing and the different career paths you can take. And I said, well, you know, I like to help people. And the teacher had mentioned being a financial advisor is a path that you can take or investment banking. So we did a, um, a report where we had, we, or, uh, we had a, a study that we had to do. We had to pick like a few companies and write a report up on publicly traded companies. So mm -hmm. I remember I picked Best Buy at the time because you know Best Buy was a big company at the time. Um, and I had to do a full report about the company, what they did, their market cap, their market share, what made them differentiate themselves from other companies. And I really liked that. And, um, and I was, then I started to think about, okay, well, what career can I have um, in this field? So then I um, applied for an internship at Morgan Stanley here locally in Albany, you know, which is another thing, right? Like people don't think that some of these companies exist here in Albany, right? We have a lot of big financial companies. They don't have the same footprint that they may have in the city, but they have a presence here though, right? Um, so, so I applied for an internship in a financial advisor's office. They called me back and said, hey, we have an advisor that's looking for an intern. So boom. And I'll tell you, this is a funny story, right? How things come full circle. So I remember going into the, um, to the Morgan Stanley office. This guy comes in, right? He pulls up, fresh, clean, white Range Rover. Fresh, new <laughs> suit, nice suit. He was the guy, he's probably about six five, right? His name was Kurt, <laughs> six five. He comes in, I'm sitting there watching. I said, Oh, that's the guy I'm gonna be working with. So he comes in, he put puts on his music, he has some soft music playing, and then then he started playing some Maxwell, right? And I said, mm -hmm. Okay, I said, Okay, I see this. He hangs his jacket up. I'm just watching him in the office, he's talking to clients, he's standing up. Boom, he goes to lunch, comes back. He's asking me, hey, asking me about myself. And then he walks up and then he leaves. And I was still sitting there. And I said, you know what? I said, that's what I want to do right there. I said, whatever he's doing, that's what I want to do, right? Um, so um, to make a long story short, he actually ended up <laughs> exactly. He actually ended up introducing me to my wife. Right? Wow. Because my wife is a little older than me, but she worked um at his firm right um so he uh, introduced me to my wife and then when i came back to merrill lynch in 2018 
um, I ended up actually sitting right next to him. Our offices are right next to each other, right? He's still in the business today, you know? So from intern at 20 years old to now being my colleague, you know, almost 20 years later, you know, which was, you know, just kind of like, you know, crazy, right? But, um, but yeah, that, that was actually how I kind of got into um, financial advising. And like I said, man, this, this was a couple of things that kind of stuck with me, you know, why I kind of stuck it out because um, I remember interviewing for a job and a gentleman said to me, one of the managers at the company I interviewed for, um, he said, hey, listen, he said, this is a very hard job, but he said, it's very rewarding. And he said, this may be the only job that you'll have in your life where if you're making six figures, you're considered a failure in this mm -hmm. job, right? And I said, well, I said, what do you mean? He said, because he said, this job can afford you a lifestyle that, you know, probably beyond your imagination. He's like, um, and he's like, that's just kind of how people are judged. And I said, wow. I said, so if I make it, you know, six, and you know, my mind, six figures at the time, I said, you know, six figures back 20, 15 years ago, you, you looked at it different than you do probably today. I said, man, six figures. I said, if you call me a failure, shoot, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that F on that test, right? I'll take it, you know? Um, so he told me that, and he said the other thing too, he said, you just have to find a way to stick around. He said, this business is going to beat you up, is going to tear you apart. But he said, if you could find a way to stick around, you'll be just fine. And that's the one thing that has always stuck with me and just find a way to stick it out because I've had many opportunities to leave and say, you know what, I'm not doing this, man. I'm not doing this, man. You know, ain't nobody going to give me their money to manage. You know, I don't even know nobody with no money. This, that, and the third, you know, all the different reasons of why I should not be in the business and probably all the reasons why there's not many black people in the business. Right. Period. Right. Um, but I said, nah, you know, my competitive spirits then kicked in. And I said, nah, not me. I'm, I'm going to make it, if anything. I'm going to make it in this business, regardless of what. I'm going to find a way to make it, right? So there were some years, and I'll be honest with you, I made literally barely above the poverty line, you know? Yeah. But when you're young, I didn't have any kids at the time. You know, you can make stuff, you make stuff work, right? And then there's years I'm like, damn, I made that bunch of money. I'm like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, okay. You know, and then now in my career, you know, things are a little bit more even now, right? You know, I, you know, I'm comfortable, you know, so, um, so yeah, man, that, that's kind of like how I got to, you know, get into this business, you know, it, it really wasn't what my vision was, but it, it just kind of, you know, came that way. And that's why I said, you know, I just think this is where God, God placed me because, you know, I, I had up to go do other things, but I was like, nah, you know, I mean, I have a ton of flexibility with my time right now. You know, if I wanted to leave work at noon any day, I don't have to answer to someone or tell someone, hey, I'm, I'm going, I'm doing this, right? Um, if the kids got something going on, I can go take them, you know, no big deal. So so to me, at this point in my life, I can't see myself doing anything else, you know, yeah. unless it's truly independent for myself, right? So, so yeah. I like that. I like it. And, you know, it... Yeah. Uh, um, one of the questions uh, I'm, I'm actually going to ask you uh, at, at some point mm -hmm. here tonight too, but it's just like uh, I ask everyone to define uh, success, and obviously, mm -hmm. what we consider to be successful changes over time. So, like mm -hmm. right now, mm -hmm. at full balance for you to be able to have time with your wife, to have time with the mm -hmm. kids, to be able to live. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I think that uh, that's just as valuable as as mm -hmm. as chasing 
uh, a, a more income, right? Because you know you got to figure 100%. out balances for you. Just like you know, you don't want to miss out on all the activities. Mm -hmm. Just money, and a lot of times we see that we, like, oh well, you know, our parents didn't have. I, well, I know my 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 mom was a single mom, and she didn't have the capacity yeah. uh, to all of the football games or every type mm -hmm. of. Speech engagement or event that i had yeah. but because it's like you got one person doing it so but imagine the feeling of joy that you get from being able to go to all of these to be a part of our kids lives to be present and still be financially sound yep yep no i i think that's 100 percent. that's valuable man um and you know like you said you know my my mom was able to come to one of my high school games you know because mm. my mom raised five of us by herself right my dad, you know, he was a worker as well, too. My dad, I tell people the story. I said, you know, some people say it's sad, but I said it's, it was reality. My dad bought me my first basketball, but he never saw me play one game in my life, right? You know, so, um, you know, those things, you know, stick with you as you evolve into a man and you have your kids because, you know, um, you understand, right? You know, we have perspective. Like, I understand why my mom, they couldn't come to the games, right? Because they were working, taking care of the family, right? But you also understand that that is not what I want to do with my children, right? Like, I want to be able to, you know, be there for them and be that, whether it's, you know, the, you know, um, you know, sometimes just your physical presence, right? You know, I tell people sometimes, like, you don't necessarily have to say anything. Just being there makes a big difference sometimes, right? Um, so, so to me, um, that's why I'm fortunate and I'm blessed to have the career I have, you know, even though, you know, people say, oh, you know, you're, you're working for someone. I say, yeah, I am. You know, I am. They pay my health insurance and everything. They give me my paycheck. But guess what? No one's asking me to clock in or out. You know, no one cares where I'm at at the time. If I'm producing what I need to do, no one bothers me ever. You know what I mean? Um, and I can get as big as I want. Or I can say the same size for as long as I want and I'll I'll be good. Right. And um the beauty with like my business, I have clientele. So if X company says, hey, you know, we don't like the way you're doing your business, guess what? I'm taking my clients and we're gonna go to another company and we're gonna do the same thing. Because the beauty of our business, you know, whether it's Robin Hood, Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley, UBS, Wells Fargo, wherever, it's all I can't, you know. I can't get a different investment. We all sell the same products, right? We all do the same type of things, right? You know, so people work with me because of me. It's not because of the company behind me, right? So, um, so that's the beauty of it. So, it's kind of like being my own being my own entrepreneur, you know, underneath the scope by by utilizing it, you know, with a big brand behind me as well. So, so that that's kind of like how I look at it. Okay, and I love it too. Uh, and uh. uh I'm gonna say this, but then I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna steer you in another direction too. But yeah. um, you know, I think one of the things that um, I, I I speak for myself, like for for years, I used to always think that I needed this large amount of money to get involved in in, in stocks or investments and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That just from the lack of uh, educate uh, education uh, in finances or or how to get involved. But you know, it starts to change. Uh, uh, as you build relationships with people that you trust. So like you were saying, a lot of the people uh, have a relationship with you. So wherever you go, for the most part, you're gonna be able to take that clientele if you happen to do it. It's about relationship building. And most of us don't trust talking about finances with anybody. It's some spouses that don't talk about finances with anybody. 
you know, I, I was teaching. Yep. I just finished on Saturday. Yep. I was teaching a financial literacy course at my church through uh, Dave Ramsey's mm-hmm. Financial uh, Peace yep. University. So yep. and like so some of the couples uh, it was it was just one part of the couple. It wasn't it was the, it was the woman. It wasn't it wasn't the husband, mm-hmm. you know, but it was just like, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to tell them, I said, you know, my, my wife and I operated like that, too. You know, we had joint we had a joint account that would pay like our mortgage and uh and, and and daycare and stuff like that but then we still had our own separate accounts too but it wasn't until we did dave ramsey's financial peace university that we actually attacked all of our debt together put all of the money in in, in one pot stuff like that and then we just realize uh what is it in ecclesiastes uh it talks about uh, the benefits or the power of two right yeah like yeah yep. the other person can pick you up if you're cold you can warm each other but if it's just one, yep. you know, it's a little bit more difficult to go ahead and warm yourself up. Yep. So, you know, just talking about finances and just realizing how a trust factor plays in there. So with a person like you or someone's trying to get involved uh, in the finances, they're buying into um, your authenticity, your mm-hmm. uh, your trust factor. How can I trust uh, uh, Eldon? You know, what I mean, does he have mm-hmm. enough patience for me to, to do that? But. Once we get past that and we get past that fear stage, you can really uh, begin to get into a world where you can really build wealth for yourself because there's a lot of mm-hmm. wealth building that we leave on the table that we just don't get involved in because we're scared to take the first step. Yep. Yeah, no, oh man, that, that's important, right? And, and it's, and I think especially with married couples, right, that's uh, probably one of the most important things you can should talk about right and and you know whether it's your finances your credit right it's a very uncomfortable conversation right especially considering most of us probably came from well let me not say probably because i don't know but a lot of us come from households where finances weren't talked about finances were like a mess right so all the things that you picked up were poor habits (laughs) <laughs> and those are habits that led you into college, that led you into your adult life, and that's now leading you into marriage, right? So, you know, me and my wife have been married for 10 years, and um, it's only really the last couple of years, right? We've been way more open about finances and everything, you know, because don't get me wrong, I, you know, I was like, you know, I was like, oh, well, you know, you can't really know this, you know, I can't, you know, I can't really share some of this with you, but, um, you realize, you know, how freeing it is, right? And, you know, how it allows you to communicate in a different way when you are sharing these things, right? You know, I'm not scared to, you know, put my credit up against her credit because, you know, maybe hers is a lot higher than mine because then now, well, why is yours so low? That means I have to explain now all this stuff that's causing my credit to be low, right? And I may get embarrassed by it, right? So, and, you know, as men, you know, we have egos. It is what it is. We have egos, you know, sometimes we feel, you know, that, you know, we, you know, we, we can't really share these things, you know, we, we try to like fix it on our own, right? We go about it in this silo where you, like you said, yeah, we'll have a joint account, we'll put some money into, but I know I got some crap going on over here that, you know, I'm trying to take care of not sharing with the group and, you know, and you realize, like you said, right, when you came together, how quickly that stuff went away. But now when you're trying to do it by yourself, it just kind of lingers and lingers and lingers and you really never accomplish it, man. So I think it's, you know, beyond just life advice, marriage advice, man, it, it is a great thing to do, you know, and, and I'm not going to say that we are perfect at it, but, you know, we are making the, taking the steps 
to get there, right? You know, um, and I think, you know, it, it really does open the door from a communication standpoint, you know, with your significant other. So highly encourage it. If you're getting married, if you're a young couple and, you know, you see a future with that individual, I think talking about finances openly, talk about the good and the bad, right? Yeah. The good meaning where you guys want to be, things you want to accomplish, the bad meaning, the poor habits, the Rob Peter, the PayPal habits, the, you know, knowing damn well you shouldn't be buying something because you got to pay your rent and your mortgage, but you're still going to buy it and then close your eyes and hope that something's going to come through in the meantime, right? You know, it's all those things, right? You know, we've been there, done that, you know, and I'll fully transparent in ours, right? But there are times back in the day where I would take money out of my retirement account to go on vacation. You know, like think of that like think of that right now right how, how how backwards is that right now i'm taking money and let's say it was a few thousand dollars right i'll go have a great vacation but that few thousand put a rate of return on it over the course of 30 40 years that could have been hundreds of thousands of dollars so what's that vacation worth three four five hundred thousand probably not right Absolutely. so you know that's i think sometimes that's how you got to think about some things you know and some of those bad bad decisions that we make right I like, so like uh delayed gratification though you know what i mean because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. society tells us that you know we work hard and we should be able to get all of the things that we want but truth be told you know myself included like i did not know how to budget early on right i didn't know how to budget mm -hmm. but i knew how to take a trip I knew how to go ahead and uh, pay my rent late, you know, and it was just mm -hmm. like, okay, I didn't understand the importance of credit to later on in life. And it was just like, now you're trying to, to educate a population of people and realizing that, you know, you can actually make the change. We don't have to continue to go through that pattern. We don't have to have the same Rob Peter to pay Paul mentality, but it's just like, you know, with the right, uh, with patience and time, you know what I mean? You can get better at anything. And, you know, uh, uh, just realizing, like you said, man, taking from our retirement funds, just like, you know, yeah. you look at how much money, because uh, most of our retirement funds are are, are stocks. It's stock-based, your 401k, mm -hmm. like that, right? But mm -hmm. imagine how much money you would have made on it. Uh, then uh, add on compound interest and how it could have been working for you. But when you're paying it back. Exactly you know, uh, you're not, uh, you're losing out on, on that. Cause the more money you have in there, the more you're going to get back. But, um, so exactly. anyway, exactly. I, I love that thing. That's the beauty of, that's the beauty of friendships. That's the beauty of, uh, making mistakes too. Cause like, mm -hmm. I think mistakes are very valuable, right? I've learned from every last one of my mistakes. I'm just like, mm -hmm. you know what, damn it. I won't do that one again. You know what? Or next time mm -hmm. I'm, mm -hmm because uh, mistakes do hold a lot of uh, educational value in it. It's just a matter of how we, how we approach it. And so, yeah. you know, now that I know better, be like, nah, if I can't afford to pay for it, I need to say no. Being able to have the ability mm -hmm. to go ahead and no, be like, yeah, or actually I might have the ability to pay for it, but is it worth it? Is it mm -hmm. worth it, exactly, so. exactly. And, and then, you know, don't get me wrong, man. I, I, I like nice things, you know, like, but my nice things may be different than someone else's nice things, right? Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, um, can I have her buy a bigger house, everything? Yeah, but, you know, oftentimes I'm like, these kids mess this house up. What am I think they're going to do to a bigger house, right? They're going to make that one look just the same. So we got to yeah. clean that big house, right? You know, 
And, um, you know, and I always tell people, you know, we're all going to have that thing that we like to do that we're going to spend a little extra on from time to time. You know, you, you know, you got to allow yourself some grace to enjoy some things in life as well, too. You know, it's not all going to be, okay, you got to save it. You got to put it away. You got to do that. You know, yes, you know, it, it's important to do those things um, as long as, you know, you're on track with some of your goals, but, you know, you know, allow yourself some grace too to like say, hey, you know what? I work hard. I can enjoy this. I can, I can do this right now, you know? So, so yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you a couple of topics off of finances and then I'm going to come back to finances because it's too crucial uh, 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 to not stay there. But um, yep. what part of the Capital District area did you grow up in? I know you're from Brooklyn originally. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, in the Capital District area, uh, what part of uh, the Capital District did you grow up in? So, you know, I know Albany, we are a lot about the uptown, the downtown, right? So I lived uptown, I lived downtown, <laughs> I lived in Colony, I lived everywhere, but it was so funny. My mom even moved us out to Colony, but I still went to Albany High all year, right? Um, and we lived on a street called Madison Avenue Colony, and mm -hmm. Albany had the school district never quite thought anything of it. I think they assumed it was Madison Avenue, Albany, and that's why I still went to Albany schools, right? So, so uh, a function of being with a single mom, right? You know, every year when the lease was up, we had to look for somewhere new to go and move to right you know so those are some of the things that you know stick with you as an adult you're like damn we move every year <laughs> like we didn't stay nowhere for more than like maybe if we stay somewhere two years that was like wow you know we have a home and then you know after that we were moving you know so so I lived all over Albany you know close to Albany High uptown downtown um and then in Colony so um we were just used to moving around the capital region once we got here you know so yeah and that actually pretty uh interesting right it it it, it makes me think about when i was younger i had a friend right who was always moving uh from place mm -hmm. to place right so uh mm -hmm. to bring down downtown you you name it and as a kid mm -hmm. i remember telling my mom uh how I was just like, oh man, they moved there. Oh, they live there now. They got cool, right? Yeah. So excited. I'm yeah. just like, man, but my mom was just telling me, she said, well, Ty, you might think that it's a good thing that they're constantly moving around, right? But she mm -hmm. says, uh, she said, what that shows to me is that it's instability though. And it was just like, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. most people are moving around is because, you know, you can't afford to pay your rent. So you're leaving that one there, mm -hmm. you're going to go find a new spot. Mm -hmm. and Time when I was young, I thought my mom was hating, right? I was like, oh, you just hate yeah. me. I said, yeah. they yeah. got a pool. I said, they got a pool. Exactly. Right? But exactly. as I got older, I was realized, I realized what it was that she was actually saying because stability is a lot of things that, you know, a lot of us didn't have growing up, right? Mm -hmm. So to, to be able to say, you know, I can come home and know that I'm coming home to the same place is actually pretty foreign for a lot of the people. But imagine mm -hmm. having to go to school and like everyone doesn't know your situation they might not know that you know mm -hmm. i don't know if there's an eviction notice uh, at home i don't know if there's electricity mm -hmm. you got all of these real time exactly. that are going on that we really can't articulate till we get older or till we get out of the situation mm -hmm. to be able well this is what i was dealing with and like that's yep. a lot of, that the community is dealing with and that's why i tell everybody the same thing you said he's like 
give everybody grace because it takes time, right, for everyone to be prepared to, to look at money differently, to look at uh, traveling differently, spending differently, budgeting differently. It takes time. And sometimes it takes us to get a little bit removed from that situation to start to think differently. Um, but uh, ultimately, once we do, it's the onus is on us to do better, do better. So, yep. you know, serve to ourselves and the people who look up to us to do better because we really can do better. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Let me see. Let me see. Actually, I'm going to uh, I'm going to come back to that success question for you. Eldon, uh, how do you define success? If you were to define success, what does success look like uh, to you? Um, so honestly, when I think about success, right, you know, I think the natural thing people go to is being happy, right? I, I want to be happy. And what does it mean to be happy, financially comfortable, happy family, healthy family, mental fortitude, emotional intelligence, all those things, right? Like to me, if I'm successful, I'm complete, you know, like my mindset is where it needs to be. My emotional intelligence is where it needs to be. You know, my friendships, my relationships are healthy friendships. They're healthy relationships, right? And um, and just me, more than anything, right? It's just being able to provide for my family when they need me. Right. And I think that means more to me than anything. Um, and that that doesn't mean being able to write a check or give them some money. That means, you know, being there, being available, being a part of, you know, what it is that they are doing. You know, um, you know, I am just so big on like with my children. Right. You know, I want to be there for everything that they got going on. I don't care what it is. Right. You know, whether it's a little recital a basketball game like you know my my, my daughters um she just got into basketball we had our first game this past weekend right and um I kept telling my wife like I said babe I don't have the patience for this I don't think I could do this you know I said you know when you're coaching and dealing with little kids man it's like you know you you have this level of expectations in your mind and they're just being kids they're flying all around you know they're doing dances and flips and things you're trying to teach him basketball and then we had the game and I just got so into it man just seeing them go up and down the court and I said you know and I told my wife I said you know I knew I said I didn't have the patience for it but that experience meant so much to me and I said that's why I'm gonna stick with it right and and it's just showing my daughter like you know the consistency you know outside of dad just being in the home you know it's really dad outside of the home and you know really trying to impart you know anything all the good that i have to give to them and really just seeing that manifest into the world right and and not just for them and you know i, I also feel this you know you know we love our kids you know we'll do anything for our kids right but you know i really try to take that approach with any kid anyone that i come across as well too because i think oftentimes you know because maybe, you know, not all the time my father was around, but guess what? I had mentors I had met in my life that was able to kind of step in and, you know, you know this and really kind of guide us in ways that sometimes, you know, we didn't get at home. And I'm not saying that, and you know, the one big thing, right? I tell people, I don't blame anything on anyone, right? Because I have to understand what my mom, what my dad, whether it's my uncles, my aunts, what they went through as kids, you know, they weren't necessarily a whole full 
experienced human being to right, kind of impart something on me that I was may have needed or looked for at the time, right? So you know, you know that thing about offering grace, you know, right? But um, but those are the things that I think you know are important and that I look at as successful, right? You know, being able to impart that onto not only my children but children that I come across, and let's say individuals, you know, whether it's our peers, whether it's someone older than us, someone younger than us, um, so mentorship you know those are all big things to me you know like um i i think you know i didn't see the value of them when you're in it right like i remember i had a couple mentors and i hated them i hated <laughs> them i had one of my mentors in college that's now probably my best friend right but he started off as a mentor in college he was older than us he ran the eel on um, the um diversity office as well i remember that remember that internship I was telling you about at Morgan Stanley. So I had to write a, a paper when I came back to school to get my credits for the internship. And I remember um, I wrote this 20 page paper, right? And I'm like, all right, good, good. I'm gonna write this, I'm gonna let him check it over and I'm going out, I'm done, you know, I'm done, right? Man, he handed that thing back to me. I never seen so many red marks on a, on a piece of paper in my life, right? I'm like, I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? Like, what? He's like, no, he's like, you're not going anywhere. He's like, you're not going anywhere. He's like, you got to get this done. And, and Rel, I tell you, this was like four weeks in a row. And you know, in college, four Fridays in a row, not going out, everyone else is going out. What that do to you, right? But I says by God that I decided to actually listen to him, take the advice and get it done because it truly helped me, right? So that to me would define success, me being able to impact someone's life like that, right? So. I love it, I love it. <laughs> he said four Fridays in a row. Do you know what I'm missing right now? And he you said, know, that's the beginning of school. You know, yeah. you know, that time your mind is in a different place. You see all the new, the new girls on campus, you know, you, you're trying to be in the mix, but <laughs> it wasn't happening, man. It wasn't happening, so. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah what do you say um sometimes those are those blessings in disguise though right you look at mm -hmm. all the things mm -hmm. that uh those friday sacrifices saved you from right mm -hmm. and i just about mm -hmm. the many times where you know like even even going to charlotte going to charlotte for undergrad mm -hmm. and i remember me and raekwon being in mm -hmm. uh uh, they they have a different name now. Then they go by Skyline Apartments now, something like that. But we were down mm -hmm. on Livingston and um, uh, uh, in those uh, apartments down on the bottom of Livingston by Swan, right before I was getting yep. ready to leave school. And you know, we in the parking lot crying, just like, and I'm just like, man, you know, everybody else is staying in New York State. They're going to all these schools in New York State. Here I am going all the way down here to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm just like, yep. man, you know. Uh, why can't I just be like everybody else and stay here, right? But, you know, sometimes it is taking those chances or following, you know I mean, the doors or the path that God is opening up for you and to realize that it's something different for you if you listen, if you go, yep. if you do the work, you know, and just yep. seeing yep. it, it uh, makes me just think about what you were just saying. It was like sacrificing those, uh, those, those Fridays in a row also uh, taught you a work ethic and discipline about your writing mm -hmm. and realize mm -hmm. where, where you thought it was already top notch. It was just like, it was mm -hmm. somebody who gave you some harsh criticism, but with love, mm -hmm. like, you know, mm -hmm. more, than, mm -hmm. just, more that needs to be done here. And that's the thing that we can get 
Like a lot of times for men, you know, we don't open up to take criticism from each other, right? We always just think yeah. that we're supposed to have the solutions. We're supposed to have all of the answers. I love getting my friends in my life tell me the open and mm-hmm. honest truth. I tell them the open and honest truth, whether we're talking about relationships, finances, uh, parents, mm-hmm. because that's what makes you better. Iron sharpens iron. But if you're just keeping, if you're just keeping people around you who are going to tell you a bunch of bad stuff or the stuff mm-hmm. that you hear, it's not going to uh, force you to grow in the way that I'm sure God desires us all to grow. Yep. No, hundred percent, man. I, I think that's, that's truth, man, because um, I, I know, I know for sure, um, not to say I wouldn't have finished college, but I probably would have had to stay in college another year plus had not been for that experience, right? Um, because it made me look at everything else that I did instead of just doing it to get by, but doing it with like a purpose and to actually know to get a good grade, you know, not, not just do it because it had to get done and you want to get it in and, you know, okay, I could pass, you know, so, um, so yeah, man, extremely important for sure. Let me see. Um, uh, uh, being in the Capital District area for as long as you have, Eldon, I know that uh, mm-hmm. you have seen and, and, and had your fair experience of, of losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that's mm-hmm. near mm-hmm. is uh, gun violence. That leads me to my next question. So how have you been impacted by the gun violence in the Capital District area? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, um, I... I think back to like when we were in high school, right? Um, we had all had our challenges, right? And um, and you know, from time to time, people got shot, right? From time to time, but now it just seems like it's just like so. It's almost becoming more normal than to hear of like like back in the day. It was like a, a brawl, right? Like after school, there was a big fight after school. That was you know what we used to hear about, but. We knew everybody went home alive, right? You know, now it's like, you know, it's almost like every weekend, every other weekend, someone gets shot, you see the name. Sometimes you don't recognize the name right away. You go on Facebook, you see everybody put a post up, put a picture up, and you're like, oh, wow, I remember him from high school. I remember him from such and such. Oh, I know him. I know his family. I know the name and I know everything, right? So you almost, I don't want to say, getting numb to it but I think you you do develop this level of PTSD right you know so as for me like like to be in the community and wanted to be in the community you know when you kind of step out you you have you know second thoughts sometimes right about you know certain places that you go when you go there how long do you you know do you hang out you know where maybe before you didn't quite think of it you know so um so, so it does hurt, right? Because I know Albany, um, capital region is a better place than what's being depicted. I know it is, right? Um, but it, it also goes to show where we have holes, right? Um, we have holes in mentorship. We have holes in after school programs, you know? We have holes in just our family structure, you know? Um, our family structure, you know, is not where it needs to be, you know? Um, and, you know, I'm not, blaming or pinpointing any specific reason, you know, but, you know, as a collective, you know, there's just a lot that, you know, we um, could do, whether it's mentoring, you know, that's why, like, you know, I mentor at Giffen Elementary now, I do other programs as well, because it's like, I know I'm not doing as much as I would like to do, right, but I know 
for sure that I'm going to leave an impact on some of these kids' lives, right? And you just hope that you gave them enough where mm -hmm. they're making the decision and they could think back to something you may have said to them that may say, hey, you know what, maybe I'm going to do this now because that, that may not be the right thing for me. You know, you just hope that, you know, you can have that type of impact on the kids, you know? So my challenge to everyone listening, everyone in the Capital Region, you know, and you don't have to be a professional. You don't have to have a certain profession. You know, you can work a, just a, a good, meaningful job and come home and every day to your family. You can still mentor. That is still valuable, right? You know, because I, I tell people, I said, you know, whether I'm doing this or something else, I said, I'm perfectly fine. Let's say hypothetically, you know, go clocking in, clocking out, bringing my paper bag lunch to work every day, coming home, taking a vacation. I'm perfectly fine doing that, too. Right. You know what I mean? I said, this is what I've been called to do. This is what I like to do. Right. And I said, it doesn't because you have a title does not limit you from being a mentor. Right. You know, you can just be someone in the community about the community. that would just want to make an impact on the community. Right. And you can mentor youth. you know. Um, so those are the things that um, it, it, it does. It makes me sad, right? Because, you know, I've had some friends call me from New York. They're like, yo, what's going on in Albany? What am I yeah. hearing? You know, because, you know, everyone's kind of like connecting out a little bit different from social media, right? Like there's some people I went to college with that were from the city, but then they know some people in Albany. So it's like, and I know these same people. It's like a, you know, a nice, um, you know, they're connected in these ways. And then I'm really like, yo, what's going on in Albany? It's crazy up there. What happened, you know? And then, you know, when these, um, you know, these murders and all these things are getting closer and closer to home. You know, I'm like, man, you know, as like, are people not dying of natural causes no more? It's one thing if you have a friend or someone that you knew in high school that may have died from maybe, you know, an illness or something. But then it's another thing seeing that, you know, they got shot after just going to a party or something, you know what I mean? And um, that's a sub that's hard for me, right? Because, um, you know, I, you know, you want to be involved, you want to be accessible to everybody, you know, but you also know that, you know, times are a little bit different now, you know, and your accessibility may be you are, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you know, and, and that's, you know, and, and what, what do you do, right? Um, so, so it, it does, you know, make you think more like, you know, because I remember, as I guess dangerous as neighborhoods may be back in the past, I never, I never thought twice about walking through any neighborhood. You know, yeah. I never thought twice about that. Right? It was just say, if I had to go here to there, you walk through the neighborhood. You know, I knew I wasn't involved involved in any this particular lifestyle. So, you know, usually you were good. You didn't have to necessarily be. From time to time, people will test you, challenge you, right? You know, but for the most part, if you weren't like that or about that type of life you could, you know, you'll be just fine, right? But but it's like nowadays, it doesn't even matter, right? It doesn't really matter, you know? Um, people are, and they were dealing with jealousy, envy, all different things, right? You know, um, and, and you know, it's so many, you know, in, in my mind, so many demons we gotta fight, you know? So yeah. many battles that we're fighting, you know? Um, let alone that the family structure is not where it needs to be. Let alone we're dealing with police violence as well, right? You know, let alone we're dealing with violence within our own communities, right? Let alone we're dealing with policies and different things that have negatively impacted us for all these years. Let alone we're dealing with a poor healthcare system. Let alone we're dealing with a poor educational system, right? So it's like just a, 
onslaught of things, right? You know, um, where, you know, we have been forced to be so resilient, but, you know, there come times where, you know, it leaves a portion of our population very fragile. And oftentimes that fragility um, would cause people to do things, right? You know, um, and take things and get things any, any means necessary, right? So, um, so it's hard, it's hard to say the least, it's hard. Um, seeing it way too often um, yeah. and, and especially when I'm started more and more, let's say every, every one to, let's say every three murders that you hear, I know for sure, I know at least two people and one of them I know directly right and that's the that's that's a tough part that's a tough part yeah i agree man i i tell everybody i i think 2020 i know we just had a recent one too i i i, I know him too uh rest in peace wax mm -hmm. uh but i say 2020 2018 were probably the two roughest years that i know of um uh specifically in albany uh just mm -hmm. the shootings, the amounts of homicides. I said so, and a lot of stuff will make it to the news. And I live, I live in in, in the DMV area down here now. And yeah. I can tell you most yeah. of the stuff going on up there in Albany. And it was like half yeah. of the stuff still don't make it to the news. So it was just like, yeah. you know, um, it I remember Albany and part of one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast was because I remember Albany. I have a um, nostalgia, uh, 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 nostalgia around Albany, right? I remember Albany mm -hmm. uh, glory days. Like, like I said, there was also, there, there was stuff that happened then too, but not to the capacity that is happening now. Exactly. It, used, it was like, you knew who was in the streets, you knew who was of the streets, you knew what mm -hmm. to expect, right? Here mm -hmm. is just, can be truly an innocent bystander now and it's just like you know you just got some type of wild brazen thing going on that ultimately affects yeah. so many people so uh, yeah. uh i um can't wait because like i said i know it's coming back and like i said if mm -hmm. if you look at what's going on uh with albany they're making a lot of changes a lot of people are saying that the changes are not going to be for us it's being gentrified but it is changing change is good in my in my opinion i know some people may have a difference of opinion on it but change is good because i do say within the next five to ten years albany is going to look a lot different than uh than mm -hmm. what it mm -hmm. currently they're already doing a lot of uh changes and implementation uh uh, uh mm -hmm. in of albany too um but i do empathize um for uh everyone who still has to go through it on a day-to-day -day basis because you mentioned ptsd i think a lot of us do live yeah. with that uh there because yeah. you see that amount of death and just come out normal you know what i mean i think exactly. a lot of, exactly uh, oh it's desensitized to us because we see it and hear it but it's not normal and that's one thing i always tell everybody that it's not normal so don't live like this mm -hmm. is normal don't just accept mm -hmm. it like it's normal it's not normal it's not. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. I agree. Well, let me see, man. I ain't gonna hold you up too much longer. I know it's late. Uh, I'm gonna ask no, you I'm about. I'm having a good time, man. I'm having a good time. Good, good, good. Like I said, man, I gotta keep it. I try to keep it that way. Um, yep. uh, let me see if if there was something that you could tell the younger version of Eldon, like if you were if you were talking to your younger self, knowing now, you know, we're, we're damn near forty. You know what I mean? But looking at the younger version of yourself, what is something that you wish someone would have told the younger version of Eldon Harris? Um, 
You know, man, I, I think for me, the biggest thing was just having confidence in myself, you know, mm. um, confidence in my ability, the things that I can do, my voice, right? Um, and, and just, um, you know, not not being so fearful of, of things, you know, whether it was, um, you know, being self-conscious of myself in, in many different ways, um, you know, and, and, and just really being in the moment and, you know, but confidently being in certain moments and situations that I think that I, that I came across, you know, um, as my, my younger self, right? Um, so those were some of the big things where I would say for me, the biggest thing, you know, um, I think, you know, once you can find that confidence in yourself, you know, I think it really kind of pushes you, you know, in ways that you never, you know, imagine, and you're going to do things that you never thought that you could do or thought that you could accomplish as well. So, so that to me has always been the thing. And, and that's what I try to instill into my children too, man, just being confident in themselves, right? You know, and, and understanding that everything's not going to be perfect, right? You know, like, you know, to me, I remember in high school, you know, I used to work and my shirt had to be iron perfect, my jeans, my seat, everything just had to always, I felt like just <laughs> to be perfect, right? Be perfect. But you realize that even if they were, you never got the, it was never satisfying, right? Because it was always, if it wasn't that, it was something else that you were going to find and pick at, you know, to, to, you know, be self-conscious about. So, you know, it's just really just having a confidence in yourselves. And I think just, you know, in general, teaching our young people, man, whether it's your children, youth and community is just, you know, listen, you know, we have, uh, we're in a world and, you know, our youth is going to grow up in a world totally different than ours, right? You know, I don't know if you, you know, I'm sure you heard, but they're talking about this metaverse thing. Oh, you're going to be live in the metaverse and you can be who you want in the metaverse, right? You can put these goggles, these glasses on and be whoever you want in the metaverse, you know? Um, or you can have one gloves and be touching everything exactly like <laughs> exactly you know so 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 i think you know our, our kids are going to experience things in a different way that we're going to experience them but i think you know just having the confidence and knowing who they are and, and understanding that that's enough right that is enough you know you don't need to be anything else what you bring what you have is enough you know um you know for yourself so so yeah that that would be the thing i would tell my younger self, you know? Okay, okay. Yeah. And see, uh, this was my favorite question from season one uh, that I carried mm -hmm. over to season two. What's your favorite place to visit in the Capital District area and why? Okay. Um, so it is no longer there, but Prior to it um, closing down was the Washington Ave YMCA, by 100% by far. When you I came home from college, when I was an adult, when I worked, I used to always go back to the Y because we spent so much of our time at that Y. Um, it's where I met mentors, friends, basketball, obviously the um you know, the um, teen night program with Cook and Dave Graham, you know, I mean, these were just things that to me were like the fabric of my teenage years and growing up and they were just instrumental, you know, in everything that I did. Like, you know, that to me, that why was really like the centerpiece, you know, it brought uptown, it brought downtown together and we coexisted there, never had any issues, had a good time. 
we went home and you know outside of there being a couple fist fights and and i mean a couple in all the years that we went there right um that was it that was it you know um guys girls um you know adults everyone right and um so that to me was always like for me the fondest memories that i have of albany and also i would say going to the black fest as well you know um i know we call it the african-american cultural festival but we <laughs> called it the black fest it was a black fest right you know um getting an outfit you know making sure you had the outfit you know you knew you were going to see some people you knew what it was you know but those are always you know those are always the well i would say that would be the event that i would say that um i always look forward to going to but the albany y was certainly the place that you know brings back the the most memories and probably my fondest memories as well. I like that. You're the first person in two seasons to uh, 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 to, to um, put the target, uh, I mean, to, to claim the YMCA as, uh, as their spot, but you are right. Uh -huh. that, uh -huh. that right in between, not necessarily right in between, because it wasn't, it was more uptown anywho, but it was mm -hmm. the hub for, for years. Even when yep. sometimes you have parties there, right across the street mm -hmm. from the YMCA, it used to be, uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's another type of uh, synagogue right now, but they used to have yep. parties yep. right across the street from it too. That was the spot, yep. that, you know what I mean? So, yep. yeah. And it was always a And I would say to the, um, the VI Community Center prior to high school was also mm -hmm. one of the places too. That was, and that's actually where I met Cook the first time because he worked there. You know, um, so that that would be one of the spots too. But Albany wide definitely though. Uh, uh, I met Cook down at Inner City Pop Warner, uh, and mm -hmm. and that's been my guy uh, uh, ever since. Uh, so so shout out yep. to Cook. I'm going back to Giffen too. Shout out to Principal Brown, uh, and my yep. man Councilman uh, 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 Derek Johnson DJ. at Giffen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, man. Um, that's just a lot of people have this impression that, you know I mean, it's just all negative there, you know. There's some really dope people just like yourself uh, in mm -hmm. Albany. A lot of dope people inside Albany still and those that, uh, mm -hmm. that live. Mm -hmm. uh, and I just think that by highlighting individuals like yourself and individuals that we've been highlighting through the back community, it's just letting people know that there's people that look just like you and I that are finding yeah. a way people that look like just like you and I who are learning from our mistakes. There are people that look like just like you and I that have decided to, to branch off and do other things. And it's just like, when we have this wealth of knowledge in one place, you can really look at it as a hub in a virtual world, in the metaverse, you know what I mean? Yep. To, that people yep. can dive into and say, you know what? Um, I'm not the only one from the Capital District area uh, that has done this. There's other people that look like me that have done it. There's other people who care uh, about uh, the city still helping out just like me. So, you know, yeah, me. but that, absolutely, that, man. that's the part. Absolutely. And absolutely. Here's where I'm going to take you before I let you go. Um, All right. If they're uh, uh, for individuals, uh, because like I said, financial literacy is something that should be taught in school. Um, I, I think that it has the capacity, actually I know it has the capacity to change lives. And for me, anybody that I'm, I'm helping with on finances now, the first thing I'm talking about is budgeting skills. Uh, and just mm -hmm. budgeting skills was, I wish I knew that when I first mm -hmm. got out of 
bad because I would have been able to put down student loans, car, uh, car payment, rent, all these different things, and be like, oh, you know what, Tyrell, you can't Toronto. You know what, Tyrell, you can't afford to go to California or something like that. You know, but exactly. exactly. For you, what would be ground zero for you uh, uh, mm -hmm. for uh, individuals or families who wanted to change their financial situation around? What would be the starting mm -hmm. point? Uh, for you that you say that they should look into in terms of uh, a, a change in their financial situations? Yeah, so, so I mean, you hit it on the nail on the head, right, with budgeting, right? Um, so we call it cash flow, right? It, you, you're going to do yourself a disservice if you don't know what's coming in and what's coming out, right? Um, and then from there, you know, after you kind of figure out your cash flow, because mo most people don't really know how much they're spending on certain things until they actually kind of write it down right you know like even now right i can assume that i don't go to starbucks and certain things a lot i could assume that but when mm -hmm. i go and look at my debit card or my credit card statement and it shows 20 transactions in one month and then i add it up i'm like oh wow well geez you know i didn't I didn't realize I was spending that much. So I think the budget is really the fabric of everything. That's your cash flow in and out, right? And then from there, it's really just being honest of what what goals do you have? What are you what are you trying to accomplish? You know, are are we are you saying that you just want to be comfortable, have a little comfortable retirement? Do you want to build wealth? And I think, you know, from those conversations kind of really um, dictates, you know, or starts creates the tentacles of where you can kind of go with your financial journey you know um you know so be clear with your goals right and not just say oh i want to retire well what does that mean do you want ten thousand dollars a month coming in for the rest of your life and being able to live in florida live in california live overseas live in caribbeans what does that mean you know what i mean we can all say that these are things we want but we want to be very specific and intentional with our goals right you know like i was saying to you when i first started i said you know now as I'm looking at 40, man, I'm like, I'm about execution and being intentional. Like, because when I'm 45, I want to say, okay, these things are in place. And all I'm doing now is just adding to them, right? Adding to them, building upon them, building upon them, right? So, so I think that's important. And then once you get to the point, you, you're pretty clear on your goals, then it's really looking and executing and seeing, okay, well, what are, what's going to be the best avenue for me to get there? And I tell people, so I said, sometimes investing isn't for everybody. Investing into the stock market is not for everybody, right? Because when the stock market is good, you're happy, you're smiling, but then guess what? We're going to have a recession. We're going to have a correction and you may lose 40% of your money overnight. How's that going to make you feel, right? Most people don't have the wherewithal to just stick it out and stomach that. You know what they're going to do? They're going to end up selling and then saying, you know what? This ain't for me. But now, you know, we've done the reverse of what we've been taught buy low, sell high. We bought yeah. high, now we sold low. And now, you know, we're kind of oh. working backwards, right? So um, so it may be real estate, right? Like I, I, I tell every young individual right now, I said, you don't know, you can build, especially in Albany, right? You can build a real estate empire in Albany that you cannot replicate in no other city. You can't do it in DMV. You can't do it in Atlanta. You can't do it in, in New York. It's so affordable to do it, and there's so many ways to do it, you know, I, and I tell people this all the time, and they don't believe me, but I'm like, listen, I bought a couple properties, but bro, I bought properties not knowing nothing, right? Even as a financial advisor, I had I knew nothing, so 
my approach when buying them, I use those properties and additional income really for lifestyle as opposed to saying, you know, thinking big picture, right? So I, ultimately what I ended up having to do was sell them and reset now and figure out a clear goals, what it is I want to accomplish with them. And now I'm back to square one, building that back up again as well, right? So, um, so there's so many opportunities to build tremendous wealth here in the capital region um, that I think a lot of people miss. But, um, and, and I'm, I'm talking, and I'm not talking that you need to make six figures. I'm talking someone that just has a good job that pays their bill and, bills and have the propensity and the willingness to say, I'm gonna save a little bit of money every month and I'm, not, I'm gonna not buy this or do this, you know, every month. Maybe I'll do it once every six months, you know. <laughs> but I'm really concerned about saving and building my wealth, you know? And I'm talking about individuals just like that. You know, you don't need to make, be making six figures and you can truly build a real estate empire here in Albany, right? And if you say, you know what? That's not my thing. That's not what I wanna do, right? Well then learn about the stock market, you know? Wealth is created in the stock market, you know? It's a reason why the top 1%, you know, the 1% we always hear about, they own 90% of the investments in the stock market. Crazy. Think about that. One percent of the people in this world own ninety percent of the wealth in the stock market. That's that's that, like mind blowing, right? You know, they talk about this wealth gap continuing to widen. Well, this is how it's widening. Because guess what? People aren't putting their money into the market because they think they're going to have less money when you know when they take it out. But they're putting their money in. When it gets lower, they're buying some more, they're getting some more because they know we can go back to the Great Depression. You know, if you look at the stock market every single year, right? Every year, year by year, over 75% of the times it was up every year. If you break that down in five year, 10 year chunks, we're talking over 90% of the time the market's been up, right? And you know, I'm not a gambling man per se, but those <laughs> odds, I would, I would take those odds, right? If you tell me nine out of 10 times, if I put some money here, it's going to grow, I'll probably take those odds, right? Um, so um, so I would say those are some of the things that um, people could do, you know, but it does start with the budget. It does start with being clear with your goals. And then you're going to have to find your lane, right? Whether it's real estate, crypto, stock market, you know, NFTs now are a big thing, right? And a lot of these things are still so new on its infancy that you really could become an expert in it. You can go to YouTube University and become an expert. And I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. So a friend of mine during the pandemic, out, he worked, he's in IT, he's in technology. Outside of working and investing into his 401k, he never bought a stock. He never did any of that, right? So during the pandemic, he got exposed to these option trading groups. You know, options are becoming a big thing now since the pandemic. He got exposed to a trading group. Um, he started learning. He started doing some research. And then he would call me and talk to me about it, right? And I told him, I said, listen, I know I'm in this business, but I said, I don't do that for my day-to-day, -day, for what I do with my clients, for myself even. I understand what you're doing, but I don't do it per se, right? So, you know, we would share ideas back and forth. And, you know, now, fast forward a year and a half later, he has a group of over 2,300 people that pay him $35 a month for his option strategies. And he's basically created a community inside of a community, right? And 
They have a real estate group that's formed within this community. They have a crypto group that's formed in this community, right? And he's getting paid $35 a month through the math with 2,300 people in his group, still working his full-time job, still, you know? So that's the opportunities that we have afforded to us. We can go on the internet, learn something, create a group, get a following, put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook, and people will pay you to learn. That simple. No degree, no debt from college, none of that, right? Nothing that I do today, I would say was a, I'm not going to say it totally right because it was a class in college that exposed me to it, that got me interested in doing it. But nowadays, but well, yeah. you know, when we were in college, we didn't have YouTube. We had AOL Instant Messenger. You know, you remember that? That's what we had. You know, you have we didn't mail. have YouTube. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, so now you can really become an expert. I would say within three to six months, you can become an expert in most subject matters if you put the time in and leverage that to gain to get income from it. Right. So, so you know, if if you from a financial literacy perspective, you know, you, you start with your budget, you know, figure out, okay. And, and, and if you don't make money, then you got to invest in your education. You, you got to find something that you can do that's going to bring in revenue. And it doesn't mean you have to go clock in and out of someone's work, but you know, if, if it's something that you want to start on your own, just do the research, you know, you're one click away from learning anything that you need to learn, develop a strategy. And now you have a way you're, you're bringing in some income budget goals and then figure out your lane how you're going to invest that money right um so so that's how i that that would be my advice right you know to anyone getting started you know it's um it's a big world out there you'll be surprised at the things that people make money from you know and i learned a lot of these things from watching earn your leisure too i'm like wait a minute somebody's making money off of that you know i didn't I heard about Uber. I knew Uber. I knew Lyft, right? I didn't know what Toro was before the pandemic. Now I know what Toro is. I could go rent my car out. Someone could go take my car and I get paid. I could go rent my car to someone who wants to go drive Lyft and Uber and anything else. And they pay me every week to do that, right? So it's so many different ways. You can go walk someone's dog and make $20 a walk. You know, you can go sign up and do that, right? It's... Daisy said, Man, Daisy it's said, fascinating the listen, amount of ways you can make money in today. <laughs> there's so many different hustles, there's so many different ways, mm -hmm. and our access to the information is endless. But you know, what yep. I mean, you know, one, you know, what I mean, make make smart decisions, uh, ask mm -hmm. questions. Like I said, you know, mm -hmm. YouTube can be uh, uh, as as great as it could because I go to YouTube anytime I, I, I actually run into a pickle. I was 100%. helping uh, Hakeem move uh, uh, this weekend, and uh, we mm -hmm. had to part his refrigerator and, and his furniture to get it out the house, right? And every step of the way, when we ran into uh, a problem, I would just go to YouTube. and was like, YouTube. oh, don't, hold on, YouTube. Oh, he's like, show yeah. Ralph, that out. Yep, bloop, bloop. So Exactly. Listen, I'll tell you a funny story before we go, right? This weekend... Uh, you know, we're in the North Country or upstate New York, so it snows, right? So I had bought a snowblower two years ago, used it two times, and last one, it didn't work at all. So every, and we mm. had like seven, eight snowstorms. Every single, I'm out there shoveling, breaking my back. So I said, this year, I ain't playing around. I'm getting this thing fixed because I ain't trying to do this again. 
So they fixed it. They put it up on the truck. They strapped it into the truck. I come home, bring the truck home. I rented it from Home Depot. And I'm like, they strapped the thing up. I'm like, yo, how do I get this strap off, bro? <laughs> I'd never seen one of these types of straps that they use. I'm trying to untie it. I was to the point where I was like, I was about to cut the whole thing off, but I said, they're going to charge me for that. <laughs> so I said, I can't do that. So I said, you know, let me go to YouTube and put in how to take a strap off of whatever, right? And sure enough, the thing popped up, right? And all I had to do was basically make it perpendicular, you know, or parallel to the um to the strap itself, and the thing popped right off, right? But yet again, that was YouTube because I was gonna be embarrassed if I had to call them up and be like, hey guys, uh, or have to bring the snowboard all the way back so they can show me how to unloose a strap, right? So that's the power of the technology that we have today. It's simple things like that, that just my day to day. I mean, maybe my wife doesn't feel it's the best thing for me to do, but heck, something go wrong in this house? I'm on YouTube, let me try to figure this out. <laughs> figure it out first, because if I don't, I'm gonna be paying someone else, you know, a lot of money to fix it, so. Hey, man, there, there's, like I said, there's good and bad. Most times I'm gonna pay somebody else to come in here and do it. You know why? For me, it's peace of mind. Mm -hmm. Because whenever I do something, I ain't gonna lie, I'll be like, damn, did I do it right? Is it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. is, is, uh, is, is water gonna come out of somewhere some, sometime here? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Scooby's always in my head, he's like, bro, you can do this yourself. You know, my electrician, uh -huh. Here, you know, sometimes I'll call him for the simplest things. He'd be like, Rel, I don't know why you keep calling because every person I do business with, I make friends. So my electrician, yeah, we yeah. we bought this house here in 2015, and you know, he's fixed everything uh, uh electrical for us uh from 2015 until now, right? But sometimes he'll call, I'll call him, he'd be like, Rel, you can change that light fixture. He said, I'm 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 not coming over there. He's, so but uh -huh. in school, uh -huh. listen, go to YouTube. So Sometimes I'll try it. I remember I fixed my toilet one time because it was making a noise. Yep. I was like, I'm just going to try it. YouTube walked me through that too. So YouTube is good. You through. When in doubt, Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, pay somebody else to do it though. That's, no, listen, man. I, I, I ain't no fool. Put it that way either, right? <laughs> I ain't no fool either. So I know so. when he got it. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll shell it out if need be, man. So. Facts. Well, listen, the back yeah, community. Man. And I want you guys to thank uh, uh, Eldon Harris uh, uh, for coming on I with us. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you giving me your time today. I, already, I can imagine you had a long day uh, already. Yep. But uh, thank you for tuning in with us uh, today. Uh, thank you for sharing uh, your story with us. Because like I said, I, I, I know it's going to be helpful. Financial literacy is one of the... Um, newest growth topics in our community. And I think that uh, being able to have people like yourself to be able to help educate us is only gonna make uh, the opportunities uh, uh, more available uh, where they actually need to be. So thank you uh, for sharing your story with us, man. And I look forward to getting your story out to the community, bro. No, I appreciate it, man. And um, you know, if anyone reaches out, you know, I, I'll tell people I'm accessible, right? Um, this knowledge, whatever I have is no good, keeping it to myself, right? Um, so the simplest of questions, the most complicated of questions, I don't know everything, but I know enough to know where to point you to or give you the right, you know, put you in the right direction at the very least, right? So, um, so yeah, um, if anyone reaches out, you know, you feel free to put them in contact with me if they need to, okay? All right, 
All right, you have it. That community, man, you got yourself a wonderful night. Elder man, thank you again, bro. I play catch up with you. All right, take care. Happy Thanksgiving, man. All right, happy happy day, brother. Happy Turkey Day. (laughs) Thank you. Take care. Peace, man.